Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. We gather this next hour around the gift of the inspired and true Word of God and the Word made flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The light shines on us today from Paul's second letter to the church of Corinth, where Paul tells the church, do not lose heart, for we have this treasure in jars of clay. Why not lose heart? What's up with this jars of clay? We will find out today what a joy it will be. Thank you for tuning in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Brady Finnern, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. A special thanks this morning to Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. LHF distributes Bible-based, Christ-centered, catechetical resources around the world to point people to Christ in their first language. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. We, we are pointed to the light this morning, and we have with us as our special guest, Pastor John Shank of Trinity Lutheran Church in Edwardsville, Illinois. Pastor Shank, welcome to Thy Strong Word. Well, good morning. God's blessings to you. It's great to be uh, on again in this, uh, this new year. Absolutely. A happy epiphany to you. Blessed epiphany, yes. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, I think this epiphany is uh, maybe maybe draws out those themes this year coming out of 2020 um, a little a little bit clearer or a little bit with more joy that the light of revelation the light of hope that dawns upon us um, this this is definitely what the church of God has always needed um, but but the darkness of isolation and suffering um, it it has kind of manifested this desire and this uh, renewed desire for the visitation of Christ by his word and in his gifts. So, uh, yeah, when you say blessed epiphany, it just reminds me how, how blessed we are to be in our Lord's epiphany. Oh, amen to that. And that's a theme that comes out today as well, which I'm looking forward to highlighting here in just a few moments. Now, Pastor Shank, you know, I'm new. We talked on the phone yesterday, and 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 I found out yesterday someone sent an email, and I, they sent me an email saying they're from a state, and they said, this is the first time I've listened, actually, and then you sent an email. So there are always people that don't know um, the people who are on this. And so I wanted you, and plus maybe a few things for me to learn, too. Can you uh, tell us about yourself and the ministry at Trinity Lutheran in Edwardsville? Sure. Yeah. Um, my name's John Schenk. Uh, I've been here at Trinity since um, 2009. Uh, Trinity is just uh, just east of St. Louis in Illinois, and we have a church, school, daycare. Um, in our town of Edwardsville, we have a campus, um, Southern Illinois University, and so we do campus ministry, too, on behalf of our district. Um, so we have uh, a district campus ministry. Um, we have a Lutheran High in town that's um, an association, Lutheran High School. So it's our, our high school, along with uh, a number of other churches in the area, support that high school. So um, Lutheran education and having a, a, a Lutheran school is definitely in our, um, in our DNA, and it's our joy uh, to be teaching God's Word to our children who... Uh, most of them, our daycare is still going. We still have some students here doing some uh, online learning here. But most of our students are learning from home this week um, as we have kind of 
returned back softly with some distance learning, online learning, as we're looking forward to returning back real shortly here. And that goes right with what you were talking about, visitation. And not only is it uh, our Lord, but we also need to be together, not only in school, but obviously um, as the body of believers. So thank you for that introduction. And one of the things I started doing um, my first show, which was last week, was to ask you, the listeners, uh, where you're from. And I decided to do that. And I thought yesterday was going to be the last day, but this has been so much fun that I want to do it to the end of this week. And then next week is the time that I'll be asking for questions from our guests and engage you in that way. But this time I want to find out where you are. So if you haven't already done so, send us an email at kfuo at kfuo.org. Excuse me, kfuo at kfuo.org. Excuse me. And tell us where you're listening from. So far, get this, Pastor. We've gotten emails from our from you, our listeners, from 23 states, and I'm going to name them off just because it's really fun for me, um, is Illinois, of course, here you are, Colorado, Nevada, Florida, Montana, Louisiana, Missouri, Kansas, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Texas, California, North Carolina, South Carolina, Arkansas, Nebraska, Virginia, Oregon, Indiana, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Michigan, and we've had three international callers from uh Canada, which, you know, I don't know, I guess that's international, um, and Sri Lanka and the Philippines just came in last night. So, Pastor, when you hear that, what do you think? Well, I'm overwhelmed by how God's Word goes forward. Uh, you know, it's overwhelming to to know that, uh, to be reminded, overwhelming in joy, overwhelming in God's grace to know that God had all this planned, that God planned KFUO, uh, that God planned... Um, the fact that our listeners would be listening right now to hear about his son and our hope and our life in him, um, that we be renewed in our love for our neighbor, uh, renewed as the body of Christ. So, um, yeah, that is that is uh, amazing news that uh, so many from so many different places have uh, are listening. Um, and I would encourage people, if your state didn't get named, you better, you better email it in so you don't... Uh, you don't leave off your state from all the list of those who have been listing. Uh, I bet you there's I a just, lot more coming. I think I hope so. Yeah, and and I didn't mention the great state of Minnesota quite yet either. So I just wanted to make sure that I made that highlight at the end <laughs> as a local Minnesotan. But uh, today I want to hear from you. We want to hear from you, Pastor Shank and myself. So simply email kfuo at kfuo dot org and tell us where you're joining us. We'll be doing that the rest of this week. So, Pastor, as we come upon 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and begin to search the Scriptures, can you begin us in prayer, please? Yes, let us pray. Father in heaven, your church faces persecution and suffering, and we as individual members of the body to struggle in this life. Cause us by your Holy Spirit to endure all things for your glory and for the needs of our neighbor. It is in those needs that we pray for peace, for our nation in this time of transition of powers. We pray that you would renew our love for our fellow man, that you would put a hand of protection on those you have sent to protect us. We pray all these things and we lay them before your holy altar. For you live and reign with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, as we are starting 
chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. You know, we've hit a lot of introductory things to this point, some background, but Pastor Chang, do you have any introductory remarks or uh, thoughts as we look at the context and background as we go into this great, I mean, really, a great chapter of Holy Scripture? Yeah, I think um, the introductory thing would be the connection we have. So as we begin, uh, we begin with uh, a therefore. Um, so therefore what? Well, we're, we, I would say that um, uh, not to make too much of it or to spend our time in the past, but to, to like lay down uh, what this means. It means that we'll be coming up to um, kind of a, a conclusion of what came before. So he has been talking and laying out um, the reality of uh, the old and new covenant of um, this veil that has been before uh, the eyes uh, and the removal of the veil and this life of being a minister and the gospel. And then we're coming into the therefore, and we'll be spending our time um, hearing Paul come to a kind of a concluding point and a connecting point to what is to come in the in the next chapters. So you're almost saying when you get to something like therefore or when Jesus says behold this is the time to perk up your ears because I tell you this in order to tell you that kind of language. Is that kind of what you're telling right. us here? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, oh, I'm, I'm perked up. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> Any other thoughts before we get in? No, no, we should get right into it. Let's do it. So let's open up our Bibles or your iPads or your computers or whatever it might be. And reminder to our listeners that we'll be reading from the English Standard Version of the Scriptures, the ESV. We're going to go a little bit slow at the beginning. So let's start with verses 1 and 2. Paul says, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. The reason why I chose those first two verses is because I think there's a number of things that really relate to today's uh, work in the kingdom. And so, Pastor, what are some of your thoughts on those first two verses? Sure, I think this is um, definitely connecting us to the struggles that uh, Paul is facing in the Corinthian congregation of those um, who would be preaching for their own personal gain um, and who would be uh, distorting or perverting the, the purity of the gospel um, for a word that um, maybe the, the speaker thinks will be uh, more received uh, and and for that, then they will receive glory and praise. And it's more about them, uh, again, in this false understanding, it's more about them than it is about mm -hmm. Jesus. And that is the, the amazing temptation for every preacher of the Word uh, to, to remove themselves and not to be pointing to self, but to be pointing to, to Christ, to, to fall in line with John the Baptist, who says that he must decrease and Christ must increase. And we see this in the life of Paul, too, um, that he is, um, he is, he is uh, preaching solely uh, the, the Christ and, and him crucified. And so um, I think, I think we're, we're getting uh, beyond, uh, you know, the, into the struggle 
of the Corinthian congregation into the struggle that Paul has to suffer through as uh, one who loves these Christians and loves them to, to understand uh, that there are those who are, um, are distorting the word of truth. Yeah, and it speaks about later about the, quote, super apostles that are definitely calling to question his ministry, what he's doing. And, and so he starts, like you said, therefore, do not lose heart. And you could tell that there was definitely a frustration in the congregation. You can tell probably a little frustration in Paul's words, especially when you look at the chapters before, just a frustration of not being able to get there. He obviously loves these people. He wants them to hear the word of God. And they are his letter of recommendation. That was chapter three. And so he says all this. And then I love how he points this because this is so important for our day. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. And what he's saying in a very simple way is uh, uh, that some people are tampering with God's word um, to have cunning ways of this. Speak, we can speak about then and also how does that happen today? Any, any uh, remarks on that, Pastor? Sure. I think it definitely, uh, obviously what, what Paul's addressing is we know this is happening in his time and in his context of, of, of Corinth, but then we can apply that to our time pretty quickly to see that there are are those who are tempted, um, so-called preachers, uh, who are tempted to, to think, well, um, this word in this scripture is not going to be received well, so I'll either avoid it or, or God forbid, um, change it or try to explain it away um, or just flat out reject it. Um, and and sadly, that that does happen. Um, and so, the the word that Paul is saying here definitely has application for our own life and for our own time to um, to not listen to those who would change God's word or manipulate God's word, or we would deem them to be doing this solely for their own for their own financial gain, for their own. Um, praise and glory, uh, and, and so sadly, yes, sadly we do we do unfortunately see this where things are being rejected uh, when it comes to um, life as um, male and and female, uh, when it comes to the sanctity of life, our our love for our neighbor, um, just living under. Um, under God's word and trusting His word more than we would trust the wisdom of man. And I, I love how you said that because what what it comes down to is the understanding of what you know. I guess you'd say you know, Pilate to Jesus, what is truth? And and for us, it's it's when we look at the scriptures, it depends on how you look at it. And one of the struggles that that we can have is that a lot of times you'll hear a sermon, and I remember this in college. You hear a sermon, and it's kind of like you know, who already wrote this, or is this really true, da-da-da-da, amen. And you're like, well, that didn't tell me anything. You know, there's nothing mm-hmm. there. But when you start with truth, obviously beginning with Jesus, and this is the beauty of KFUO, this is the beauty of our congregations in the LCMS, is that we're starting with the understanding of that this is true. Now, how do we care for souls? How do we, how do we care for people? How do we make sure that we're leading people to the truth, Jesus, because if it's pointing at us or we're just bringing up all these questions and never pointing them to truth, what are we doing? You know, we may as well just become a, a social a social justice or a social group or something like that. Our goal is to point people to Jesus. And from there, 
we care for people, knowing the truth of the foundation of the scriptures. And I, I love how you said that, because that really pertains to everything as you do in college ministry, that pertains to your school, that pertains to your church. Um, all of that comes together knowing that the truth of the scriptures um, is founded in Christ and the truth, and every word is inspired by God. Last thoughts on that, Pastor? Um, no, I, I think uh, I think that is that is good. I, I just think it is it is tragic uh, that this continues to happen. And I think for lay people, um, you know, when when we're hearing this, it's like, well, I'm not a preacher. Well, you can encourage your pastor um, to encourage him to continue to to teach. Um, that you will be in those uh, Bible studies, that you will send him notes saying thank you for um, your steadfastness to the Word because um, it's what you need, and you know that. So those kind of encouragements go so far, and in your own household and with our own family and our own, um, with our own friends and in our own lives, we do share God's Word. So when we cave individually— and we don't hold to God's Word individually, this Word has something to say to that, too. Well, let's, uh, let's keep moving on, because that's great encouragement for us. Let's go to verses 3 and 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So uh, lead us, continue to lead us here, Pastor. What do you sure. have in verses 3 and 4? So this comes um, on from chapter 3, where you discussed last time about um, Moses and the veil that covered his face um, when, he was, when he was in God's uh, glory, the glory that would have shined forth from his face in, in reflection of being in God's presence. So it's uh, that image of... God's glory being veiled or covered, the truth kind of here, the truth being veiled or covered. Um, and here, even if the gospel is veiled, is veiled to those who are perishing. So he desires to, to preach the word clearly, though there is, a, there is a truth to be known here that not, sadly, tragically, not everyone will believe it. And it doesn't mean that the word is wrong or the preaching needs to change to fit the the heartfelt desires of the people or something, or whatever our culture says, right? Um, the, the needs of the people um, as they see it. No, we, we preach what Christ has said we need. We preach his word. And, and yet, even in that, there will be people that don't see, therefore don't don't believe, don't receive this word, but it's not because the word is wrong. It's because there is this veil that has been uh, placed, um, and and so we need to be praying that it's the Spirit's work, that um, the unveiling and the revealing work of the Spirit uh, to open our, our ears and open our hearts to, to hear and, and therefore believe. And as we believe, we'll hear, so shall we then speak. Uh, we then are brought to, mm. to confess. One of the talks about in chapter 3, too, that the only thing that takes that veil away is, is Christ who takes it away. Which is, like you said, the Holy Spirit connects us to that. And so we pray, Lord, take this veil off of people's hearts who do not believe. Uh, put down the devil, if you will, 
Um, that's the the talk here, the God of this world. I think we would uh, we, we we would look at that as the devil, who is uh, the father of all lies, pointing people. Doesn't this sound nicer? Doesn't this look better? There's got to be more than the forgiveness of sins. There has to be more than a little bread and a little wine. There's got to be more than a little water. There's got to be more, right? Got to be more exciting. All these kind of things, and he's. He's, he's, he's saying, hey, this is a veil. It is real. That's why we continually look to the light of the gospel. So last thoughts on those verses? No, I think that covers it perfectly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's continue on. We're going to get through verse 6. We have about, um, about three minutes here. So I'll finish this off. We'll do a few comments. Verse 5. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That right there is epiphany, right? That's epiphany. Right. It's wonderful. Oh. <laughs> it, it <laughs> so is. go ahead, Pastor. What do you have on this, this epiphany message that, that Paul gives us? Yeah, the epiphany is about... Um, the visitation of Christ. So often we say, and it is true, the visitation of the Magi. They, the Magi come to to uh, to Jesus, but the reality is that Jesus came to them first. That's Jesus true. comes into our our world. He comes into our flesh, and and so um, so our our life, our life now becomes a proclamation of Jesus who comes to save us who comes into our flesh, claiming our guilt, uh, taking our suffering, uh, receiving upon him himself our sin, and he is willing to die in our place. Uh, thanks be to God, the, the light of his resurrection, the light of, of Easter shines uh, forth, uh, that he is not uh, in the tomb, the tomb is empty, and that we live in this light, the light of the victory over death in the grave. And so many you know, I have uh, upcoming this week a couple funerals, and so many are are dealing with that reality of of sickness and and death and mourning and suffering. This is a light that shines forth in the midst of that. That even in the midst of our sufferings, we have the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ, who who has given us that victory in our baptism and and feeds and nourishes that through His Word and 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 like you said, in Holy Supper. Um, therefore. Um, let us be, let us be where Christ has promised to be for for grace and mercy. Where let us let us let us receive what He says that we need. Um, and so, um, yes, this is a, a wonderful text, uh, a wonderful couple of verses that um, that talks about how His light overcomes uh, the darkness of of this day and of this fallen world. And I and I love how you said that. First of all, He points to. Um, that we do not proclaim ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. And this goes, and this is a theme for Paul's letters. In 1 Corinthians 1, he says, we do not preach ourselves, but we preach Christ crucified. And that is the source. He says that, and then he gets into that light shines in the darkness, pointing us back to Jesus. I am the light of the world. Um, continuously, that light and dark, but wherever there is light, there cannot be darkness. And that's another part of epiphany for us to think about, that there is light no matter what the darkness is. There is no darkness when Jesus is there. So we're going to have to take a break here. We're going to talk a little more about epiphany, and then we get to the treasure in, in jars of clay, which I'm excited to hear what 
will we uh, come out with that? So um, we need to get to our break. We are studying 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with Pastor John Shank. We'll be right back. These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. Life might be compared to a call and response song. We hear, we respond. The music of the church wants to encourage and inspire both our hearing and our response, and you'll hear such music on the next Sing for Joy. Join us. Sundays at noon on KFUO, the messenger of good news. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to kfuo at kfuo.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. Welcome back. We are studying 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with Pastor John Shank, and we have just got through the great news of let the let the shine, light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts. This I can't help but think of Isaiah 9 that we think of during Christmas and the light of this knowledge and the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ, meaning we have seen his glory and has been founded to us in Jesus. And I just want to read this one verse from the Epiphany hymn, I want to walk as a child of the light before we get to treasures of jars of clay. I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. God set the stars to give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. In him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. I think that I think that that has to connect with with our reading we just did. Last thoughts and epiphany and the light and the light of Jesus shining in us. Well, as you as you ended, and I thought uh, that was so uh, right that. Um, where it talks about um, not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. That is, um, that as we teach our children and as we rejoice, the second article of the creed, that I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord. So when we, we want to summarize what what is the faith, what is it to be a Christian, is that Jesus Christ is my Lord. And that has so much more, right? That That is so much more than just some, you know, quaint saying that, that, the, that Jesus is the Lord. 
um, and that he is Christ, and that he is mine. <laughs> um, so yes, all of this is so rich. Oh, and it, it continues on later on. I believed, and so I spoke. This it goes into that too. But let's let's do this. Let's look at verse seven. There's a lot here, just in verse seven. We'll read this. We'll continue. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Jars of clay. It's a it's a wonderful analogy. Can you unpack that analogy for us? Sure. And it, this is um kind of a rich. It's a rich Old Testament theme uh, from the very beginning, from the formation of Adam, who was formed from the dust of the earth, um, that, that God is the, the potter, um, and we are the clay, we are the workmen, uh, we are the workmanship of his hand. And um, then I would point people to, and, uh, you know, we kind of have this, this connection to what Paul is saying about his own sufferings and the sufferings of all believers taken up in the in the book of Job. And so in the book of Job in the uh 10th in the 10th chapter the the ninth verse um it says remember that you have made me like clay uh and that you return me to the dust. Um so we are his workmanship and so as his workmanship um the 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 vessel doesn't um, doesn't really have the right to say back to the the creator uh, about what his purposes are, right? It's the creator who gives purpose uh, to that which he creates. And so here um, they are, Paul is, and you are, and we are his workmanship, and we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. And in this, um, this good works, uh, the, the greatest work is is faith is to proclaim Jesus, and and that is the greatest need that, that our neighbor has is to hear. Um, though there is there's more there of this jars of clay, which is the reality that jars are of clay are are fragile. They they um, the fullness of what which is put in them, the preciousness of what they will carry, is. Um, it, is not really seen in the clay uh, vessel itself, but what it is that they contain. Therefore, the the, the vessel is weak, um, but it speaks more to the one um, in in whom the the service is still being rendered, even through weakened and fragile vessels. He is doing this amazing work. And Paul says it so well. And, and... One thing I've really appreciated going through 2 Corinthians is that you get a feel for Paul being just a real person. We can sometimes uplift him. You know, he's the one that had Jesus come talk to him, and he went all these different places and see all his journeys, and, you know, God truly worked through him. But he also admits here that he is weak, and that's hard to do. That's hard to admit that you're weak. I don't like admitting that I'm weak. You know, I know a lot of people don't like to admit that. But here in chapter 2, he talks about how he's been afflicted, that he's in anguish, that he has many tears that have been shed and is going through much pain. And so he is showing us a reality of that the effectiveness and the joy and the beauty and the um, salvation of the gospel is not to be seen um, literally looking at this weak vessel, but we are, what did one of one pastor said, we're just a bunch of crack pots, you know? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. kind of how he said it. Um, but the power is found in that treasure within. You know, don't 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 look 
don't look to me. Uh, we kind of live in that tension that, you know, we are a letter of recommendation um, for Paul, but at the same time, uh, it is our power is not found in us. And so we proclaim that message. It is definitely a treasure and it is it shows the surpassing power of God and not to look upon us. Last thoughts on jars of clay. Yeah, I think, you know, as you said, seeing Paul as a real person and understanding his personal experience of the things that he is now talking about, the, the reality that his his eyes were literally veiled in a, mm. in a very unique way, and that veil was re- removed only by the working of God, and, and that reflected the, the deeper veiling spiritually that he had— um, uh, that was he that he didn't see the gospel he didn't see um Christ as his lord but once that veil was removed physically and then also spiritually then he could see and and this reflects how weak of a vessel he was he thought he was doing um the glorious work of god uh to persecute the church um but now he is being used um, to call people into the body of Christ. The, uh, yeah, I, when you said you have to see Paul in this, I think that's uh, that's very helpful. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. And we see a little bit more of him in the next few verses. We realize, yeah, he's weak, but as it says, you know, when I'm weak, I am strong because I can do all things through Christ. And I think this relates to Philippians 4, the best. Verses 8 through 12. Paul, Paul says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be also manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in us you. There's some tough language here. How do you want to start us here? Yeah, I think um, as we understand the the work of the evangelists and the apostle, um, that that as they go about and and proclaim that they continue to face uh, struggle and persecution, as you as you work your way through the book of Acts, you can see they're constantly um, having to run or go from one town to the next because of the struggle that was um, faced there or um, being uh, kind of driven out through uh, beatings and imprisonments. And and yet um, they're taking up in their, their own physical flesh that same suffering of our Lord who um, is the master and we as, as his servants um, we're not going to be different than him. We, we as followers of Christ, um, as Paul then really demonstrates into his own flesh, will will follow in like manner. We too shall be, um, the church too shall suffer and be persecuted. And what's, what's the purpose? What's it all about? Um, the purpose then, it is... Um, so as he says at the end, so so death is at work in us, but life is in you. So that um, as they suffer, they're they're once again um, being little Christ, Christ who suffered for us all. They suffer in 
in the call to proclaim Jesus as the Lord. Um, so I, I think we just need to continue to see all of that and, and see it, um, and, and then see it in our own life, that we are called to suffer as um, as parents, as uh, believers in Christ. Now, these sufferings might not be uh, imprisonments and, and uh, you know, the riots that he went through and the, and the stoning and, the, and those things. Um, I pray that that's not the case for our churches. Um, but maybe shunning and and maybe um the mockery of our world and and all the and are we going to be able to bear in our flesh the mocking of the world or are we going to uh curb and curve towards their word instead of sticking to his word um and, and if we allow ourselves to to bear that mockery what is the purpose so that my neighbor can hear the truth right and, and and therefore live. Absolutely. And I love how he sets it up with jars of clay. I mean, very well said. It's a reminder for us that do we want persecution? It's not like you're going to go and try to find it. But Paul reminds us, he says, it's a treasure in jars of clay. I'm weak. And then he goes through what is happening to show where he finds strength. It's not explicit, but he, he, does, he does say it here, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. That when we do uh, get persecuted for the faith, which, you know, could happen, and we don't have to be ready in this, because who would ever be ready for this? But to know that the Lord is on our side. Um, one, and I also see the opposite of this. I remember during seminary, there were stories that we learned in uh, Christianity in East Asia, that back in the day, in parts of those countries, that they had missionaries go, and the, the country tried to, were, was persecuting the missionaries, and there were some missionaries who denied Jesus. And mm. so not only is it something where when you get persecuted, you, you, know, you bring life to people to show that you know, this is worthy enough, and the disciples did this, worthy enough to die for, but if you deny Christ, then it completely throws it off, and the, the veil goes over people's hearts, and, and the, the witness is lost. And, and this is a good reminder for us that, that God will give us the strength. Because Paul, I, I got this, one last thing with this, is Paul in chapter 11 says this about persecution. He goes down the list of his. Five times he was lashed 39 times. Three times beaten with rods. One time stoned. I mean, they literally thought he was dead. All this he went through, and I think his message is, and I made it. And from there, the glory of Jesus was, was manifested um, through, not by us, but by God through us. Last thoughts on in his words here? Yeah, and I I think we don't, like as you said, we're not looking for it or striving for it to, to have a badge of honor, but as, as our uh, Christian brothers and sisters, as they continue to live in that maturity, they know, <laughs> they know that suffering fi finds us, that hardships will find us in our lives. We don't need to go looking for it. And so we're called to endure in the midst of it. And our endurance does, um, does become an encouragement to the fellow believers that um, when we have members who face um, diagnosis of cancer and yet they praise the Lord through it all, how mm. encouraging that is for us as the body of Christ that they can see the Lord working through it that they can see their Savior, even if it means um, death for them, they, they know they 
they yet they show they live. So there is ways in which we can see this in our in our own lives. Though uh, Paul is is so um, it's so clear in Paul, where like you read about lashings and these things. <laughs> but we we all have um, when and if you haven't yet, it will it will. Yeah. So use this time. Uh, the one time I was in at seminary there at, at my fieldwork church, it was so. Um, such a powerful message. This one gentleman received a cancer diagnosis right after his wife had received her cancer diagnosis, and they were both going through treatment and harsh treatment at the same time. And he stood up and he was kind of uh, sharing something in a group, and he was like, "Be in God's word today. Wow. Hear God's word today, for the day will come where you need to draw on that word." And he's, he was encouraging the church to be, be ready to be drawing on that word because there will be coming a day where you'll need that. And he is living in it and can yet rejoice that that word was planted in his heart and, and, and is uh, fully grown uh, for the day that has come. Those, those are the moments when like, you visit someone or someone says something at church, you're kind of like, all right, well, I don't know why I'm here. They, <laughs> right. they kind of just gave the sermon here today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a witness to us. Well, let's continue on. It talks about, I believed and I spoke, verses 13 through 15. This, I mean, it, I just think it gets better and better throughout this chapter, 13 through 15. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak knowing that he who was raised who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence for us all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God so much there how about you start you, you lead us here and then we'll fill in the pieces as we go this is so wonderful yeah yeah it it just reminds me of what we say in our worship right oh lord Open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. That it's the Lord that does this, right? Even the opening of my lips, the God opened my mouth, and and uh, and so that by your Spirit, your praise comes out. And uh, it's a constant refrain uh, for us as a church body and for us as pastors. Uh, often before preaching, we are calling on the Lord to open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Um, because this is this is what it is to be a Christian that I I didn't even have uh, before you Lord I didn't even have a mouth before you Lord I did not have lips I did not have words to speak but you have given your word now in flesh in Jesus and therefore I speak because you have enlivened me. Wow, and he says here the same spirit of faith. Okay, and it talks about I believed and so I spoke. And we believe, and so we also speak. And this just, it brought me back to the creed once again, where we don't even realize how bold and how powerful this is to be able to say the creed um, during the worship service. You know, Nicene or Apostles, either one, that you start and you say, I believe this, that there's tons of other stuff that we could be believing. Of course, throughout my life, there's been times, I mean, you're just getting through it. Either you're you're hoping that the service is shorter when you're a kid, or you're just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Or even as a pastor, we have that tendency to to say it, and we're thinking about, okay, I got to think about my sermon here, or whatever it might be, whatever you have right after the creed. But the boldness of just saying that, I believe and so I speak, 
You know, we believe and so we also speak and knowing that the Lord Jesus who has risen from the dead is with us today. This is so just powerful stuff, something for us to think about when we gather for worship, something that not only that we have, like you said, we can't even open our lips correctly, but when we say, I believe in Jesus as Lord, the Holy Spirit's working, and we are able to extend our thanksgivings. This is this is the beauty of when we gather for worship and something that we often lose sight of for various reasons. And Lord, help us to to give this Thanksgiving when we gather for worship this Sunday. Other thoughts on this? I mean, we could probably talk all day on this passage, these passages. We, yeah, we can, and 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 in fact, in that in that way, we we will, um, because this isn't this is something that when we're in these eternal truths of of God, this this then speaks of our our eternal glory that eternally will be around the throne of God, rejoicing, because what is still. Um, Maybe, thankfully, not veiled in the sense that we don't believe it, but um, we only see it dimly. We will see it face to face there, and we will rejoice in what God has done. And and we ha- like we've been talking about, and rightfully so, on the second article. Then I would also lead us to the third article, where we say, "I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ. That I can't. I believe that I could not believe <laughs> apart from the work of the Holy Spirit." Right, that we needed, right. that we have to have the Holy Spirit in order just to be able to believe. But thanks be to God, the Holy Spirit has been given, and this is what Jesus, you know, in John's Gospel, this is what Jesus is calling us to to see, and therefore rejoice in His going away, so that He would give the Holy Spirit, and that we would be brought to faith and brought to see that this is what He has done for us that this is the that this is the work of his passion um so that we may have have life and have life in him and as it says that grace may extend to more and more people and it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of god so why are we um confessing boldly and why are we confessing clearly and this is why you know as, as lutherans we we value things like the confessions and the small catechism and the clear statements to know that what we are showing is clearly that is christ who has saved the world that this grace may extend to others so they're not confused we live in a confused world and that this that the, the thanksgiving will will increase why to the glory of god paul always points us back in that direction it goes back to Jesus. He is nothing but a, a, a clay pot. He, that's all he is, and that's all we are, but yet it goes back to the glory of God. We have about uh, eight minutes here, about seven or eight minutes, and we have these last few verses, so I want to dig into that and then to be able to get your reflections on the whole chapter. So let's continue to the end. So we do not lose heart. He repeats that again. Though our outer self is wasting away, Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You touched on some of this before. I do, I'll say this first. I love how he repeats at the end of this, almost like he's bringing it back. You know, he started with therefore, and then he brings do not lose heart, and he brings it back here. So do not lose 
heart. And then he gets into the powerful understanding of what is still yet to come. What are your thoughts here in the last three verses? Yeah, I think I think it's it's easy for us to be sadly it's easy for us to be deceived. It's easy for us to be deceived about how strong we are in the faith so that um we never even saw it coming that we could lose heart. But we, sh- we that that should not be for us because it's not only that Paul says these words um but Jesus in uh, in John chapter 14 says these words, right? Um, he calls us not to despair, um, but to, to be strengthened um, in the faith because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, therefore, we're looking to him. And yes, in, in this, um, we're looking to what we cannot see. I can't um, physically see Jesus. Uh, but in certain ways we can. We can see the work of our Lord in the life of the church, and so we are encouraged. Um, we should be encouraged uh, by how God sustains us so that we would encourage others in the midst of our own uh, struggle and suffering to to be an encouragement that the Lord has brought us through. He will, he will encourage and, and strengthen the body of Christ. Um, so yes, we, we are moving through something that we should not get too attached to. We're moving through this life that we shouldn't be, um, too rooted in because we're looking forward to a life to come, a resurrection and a, and a new heavens and a new earth, um, in which we get to spend our eternity in the very presence of the one who will then become seen to us. And as he says, because of all of what you just said, do not lose heart. There was one time I was listening to a pastor who had basically lost his whole home. Um, it had burned down. I think there was an explosion. And you're just sitting there and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, first of all, you thank God that he wasn't there. His family wasn't there. And then they interviewed him. And this was on a normal news. And they're like, what are you, how are you doing? And he quoted this passage, 2 Corinthians 4.17. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And you're like, oh my, I got to memorize that verse because I don't have that <laughs> verse memorized. Right. But also right. it just it's such a wonderful and powerful, I believed and so I spoke kind of moment where you realize that, yes, these things are transient, but yet the glory of eternal things are still yet to come. We have about two minutes here, Pastor. Um, do you want to give us a kind of a, a summary of, of this sure. chapter or last thoughts? I, I, last kind of thoughts are, are um, kind of connecting what you, you said to, to kind of reveal this to our people. Like in, in the question from the reporter there reveals the need for the church in this world. When the reporter asks, so how are you doing? They're revealing what is at the heart of this world, um, despair. Sadly, this world is in despair. They're looking at this and say, well, I I couldn't make it. I I wouldn't survive. I am not surviving right now in the midst of my own afflictions, right? And so um, the last verse we we talked about where it says, um, so as... Uh, grace extends uh, to more and more people 
um, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So may the may the the people of God have that desire that as we have this. Uh, rejoicing in us, that we are children of God, that we would want more and more people to receive it. Because there is struggle in this world, which is being reflected in the fact that as the the reporter is asking, well, how do we even get through these things? And we we see this in our current struggling with COVID, and the world is like uh, beyond despair. And so they're looking looking for little uh, places of hope. We're not a little place of hope. We are the sole place of hope, and we have it. We've got the goods, and so we should. Um, this should be a year of renewal and 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 such a year of um, of revitalization in, in the church that we want more and more people to have what we have been given, which is Jesus. So that as grace extends to more and more people, increase in their thanksgiving. Pastor John Shank of Trinity Lutheran Church in Edwardsville, Illinois, helping us today in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Thank you, Pastor Shank, for being our guest. Well, thank you. God's blessings to you, and it's great to, to meet you and, and to be on the, the, the radio today. Absolutely. We we'll look forward to seeing you next time. The light of Jesus has shown in our hearts to know the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ. Church, listeners, believers, unbelievers, do not lose heart because it is Christ who has died for you and as a surpassing power belongs to God and to God alone and not to us. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands. 